Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it free in the App Store. That is the cutest way you ever read that. Thank you. I'm trying to mix it up. Locking it down. (laughs) Locking it down, baby. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping. And the theme this week is putting your friends in a fridge. Into the fridge, physically. Yep. Shove them in there and close the door. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Hi. Jen. It is a gray day in January. It really is. It's very gray. There's not going to be sunshine until Sunday, I'm told. And yet here we are doing our show like the... heroes and champions of content that we are like we don't like to call ourselves heroes but it is the appropriate word and noun to use when describing us hardest working people in hollywood today i woke up and i turned on the light and i was like is it nighttime outside like what's happening because it just shocked me oh yeah very gray i woke up this morning and for the first time in quite a bit i got a great night's sleep Nonetheless, yeah, felt great. But nonetheless, I woke up and went, I can't believe I had to do this again. (laughs) And I like my mornings. Like, I I don't mind going to work generally. I really like my job. And yet still, still, I'm like, I can't believe this. (laughs) We just had a day. We just did this. We just did this whole thing yesterday. Uh, Last night, I had a moment with Connell. I was like, oh, man, what is it? Like Wednesday? And he's like, oh, babe. I know. Yesterday was Monday. We recorded this episode on Tuesday. It so is... you may be confused because you are receiving this on a Thursday. I hope so. Or Friday. Depending. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what day it is and neither do you now. Hmm. There you should go. We do our po- we, uh, should we do our pop culture corner? Yeah, let's do it. We have a little pop culture corner. <laughs> this uh, is just where we talk about TV, I guess. So I have begun watching Mr. Robot, Jen. Yeah. Tell me about this because I, I have not watched it, but I've heard good things. So here's the thing. I I don't know. Uh, I watch Mr. Robot with my partner because we have such vibrant discussions afterwards. Yeah. So Mr. Robot came out, I want to say, in like 2015, which is around the same time as the Gamergate happened. I think so. I remember being starting Mr. Robot and feeling a little affected by, by it. Yeah. I have so many feelings about computers and hacker boys, and I'm enjoying this show despite the problem that it has with its women characters, despite... A lot of problems that I that I find with the show. I think it's it's portrayal of mental illness and drug addiction are both completely off and negative and uh, and something we need to focus on not doing. It's like the whole idea of mental illness is like the secret superpower. Or men- oh lord, or, or, <laughs> I um, wish. <laughs> like it, it just it made like mental illness and uh, delusional thinking uh, seem. They just didn't do a good job with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in my opinion. Uh, I hope we don't get any hate mail from this. Actually, do email me because I'm enjoy. I enjoy uh, yelling about Mr. Robot. But the thing that really gets me is what I've enjoyed watching is Rami Malek's character to me feels like this dumbass 27 year old who's like <laughs> who's like you know uh, ha- like hacker mentality who's just like um. I alone am awake and everyone else is a sheep and oh, like all this stuff. I'm awake and everyone else is a follower sleeping. Exactly. And like I I get it. You have to have that juxtaposition because they do want to show like it's an anti-corporate show. Mm-hmm. And, like there's it's very like fight club burn the bank sort of thing, which obviously is something I enjoy. Of course. 
But that whole mentality of I alone know how to fix this. I alone am awake. I alone am like the philosophical uh, like uh, God King or whatever. I hate it. Yeah, that's pretty dangerous thinking. And I love it in the show because I think it's a flaw of the main character, which is very funny for me. But I wonder if I'm missing the point and if this main character is actually supposed to be better than other people. Oh, I struggle with that with a lot of the media. I'm like, I'm laughing at this character because I think they're being ridiculous. Right. But are they, would younger Jen think they're cool? Yeah. But yeah, that's how I'm feeling about Mr. Robot. Jen, what have you been watching? Already? I started Schitt's Creek. Did you? I, yeah. tr- I tried it too. We ended up getting sidetracked by Steven Universe. That's how oh, long ago I started it. Yeah. I knew nothing about it except that a lot of people I know liked it and thought it was funny. But I didn't know the tone. I didn't know anything about the characters other than I knew Dan Levy was in His dad was in it. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. I fucking love it. It is so delightful and funny. And it is so low stakes. <laughs> it's just like, it's nice. I was, this is what I was telling my husband because we're watching it together. I go, isn't it nice to laugh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so For nice. <laughs> and um, I also, I, I've heard it compared to a little bit to like Arrest Development, but it's not because the people don't aren't horrible to each other yeah rest assured they are not great i mean it's the form without spoiling anything the four main characters are like extremely wealthy people that are now down down on their luck and they're like trying to navigate this shitty town in canada which is like when they look at everybody below them but like and at one point again this isn't really a spoiler it's a very minor plot point the dad of the family is like i need to go file for employment and he's really ashamed about it and his wife who was like an like someone who's extremely arrogant and like hilariously rude to people goes thank you that's very brave i know that's hard for you to do that (laughs) like she likes is sincere about it in earnest and i was like oh they're actually it's kind of a nice moment you know what it is it's not that they're bad people but their worldview is warped that's exactly what it is yes oh man (laughs) it's and yeah and it's like it's fun to laugh at rich people (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, that'll never go out of style jen i really love how you describe that because i could not really get through arrested development uh, mostly because every ex-boyfriend specifically that i've ever had tried to make me watch oh yeah it's one of those things that's if it's forced upon you like the office you're not gonna it's not gonna stick and sometimes those comedies just do not stick with people yeah uh i just um i don't care about mean people I never will, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And like there are enough mean people in the world that I'm forced to deal with that I'm not going to also do it in my media. Here's another thing, Jen. Mm -hmm. I believe that 90% of the television that cis men watch is screaming. (laughs) It is. It totally is. It's yelling. It's men yelling. So like, so my partner who is a cis male beyond, against all odds, I married a cis male. (laughs) And he loves screamy television. Like what? Like Vikings and oh. the terror and like just like everything has screaming in it. And it, to the point where it was just like I, I would just hear screaming and be like, oh, OK. Oh, you're watching TV. So I made him get song. fucking Bluetooth headphones so that he could watch his screamy shows. Oh, my God. That's such a good idea. But it, but it makes me feel like, can I just not handle tension anymore because the world is too tense? Is this a negative thing? Well, I also think you're a little like me, which is um little sensory overload sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like when I walk when I walk in the living room and like the TV's on but no one's watching it, I have to mute it. Like oh, I yeah. can't even have the TV on if no one's watching it. It really bothers me. Or I can't count how many times I've like walked in the room and I'm like, "Can you turn that down?" and it's like a normal volume, but to me it's just like it's so loud. Why is the TV so loud? Why would the TV on if nobody's watching oh, if it? If John if John well, Yeah, well exactly, like if John's like out of the room or something oh. and there's a the TV on. But if he sometimes if he even is watching it, if I'm not watching it, the TV's just too loud. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Jen, same as these. Yeah. Interesting, right? It's like it's like 
grating. Yeah, I've always been that way. I have a good segue. It sounds like you and John are reacting to the same stimuli in different ways. Ooh. Much like the asker and his friend are reacting to the disintegrations of their their respective relationships. Sharp segue, Trin. Jen, you know what? I've been doing this for four fucking years now. Yeah. And I always try my best for my baby. <laughs> I said that making a finger gun yep. at Jen. You just shot me. <laughs> With my love bullets. I think it's it your... Sounds like <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Okay, I think it's your turn to read. Oh, yay. Cool. Starts out with me, 33 male. Him, 31 male. That is so many men. Two dude, 64 men. Two dudes in their 30s. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Ask her, please don't turn off the show. I'm just kidding. I, actually, just, I just don't trust yeah. men if they're under 35. <laughs> As nobody should. My friend went through, and in many ways continues to go through, an unexpected and volatile divorce that kicked off several months ago. I went through a fairly friendly breakup with my ex-boyfriend around the same time, and it was simply a completely different experience than his breakup. Though, I had been with my boyfriend 10 years and shared a dog, so I do feel that my relationship is comparable to his marriage ending. I've moved forward, and I still hold a loving friendship for my ex. This is not how his breakup went. Months later, he is still super cynical, impatient, and inflexible. I understand that not everyone heals at the same time, but I'm not sure I can keep hanging out with him. We are friends with a very specific shared history, but not crazy tight. Yet it would make me really sad to have to give up on him. I have been trying to be sympathetic, but he crossed a line when he said something offhandedly crappy about my ex when we grabbed coffee the other day. At the time, I let it slide because I just didn't know what to say in response other than, no, that's not how it is with us. I could tell he was 100% projecting his own feelings from his divorce, and this wasn't really personal. But my ex and I are tight. We share a dog and a friend group, and I won't be having anyone talking smack about him. My ideal outcome is that my friend comes out of the other side of this a happier person. But I don't know if I have the spoons to hang around until that happens. Beyond encouraging him to stick to therapy and take care of himself, is there anything I can do to move him forward with this breakup? Ouchie. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, well, first of all, uh, good on you for staying healthy throughout your breakup. You know, not everybody needs to be friends with their ex, but like we're really happy for you for finding an even keel with the co-parent of your doggy. That's great. Yeah, that can't be easy. So good, good job on making that work. You said some really smart things in this question, like my friend went through and in many ways continues to go through unexpected divorce. You identified right away they're still going through some shit. Yes. Yeah. So you know that they're coming from a place of deep, deep hurt, even more than I mean, this is just what you're seeing. Imagine what what's going on in their brain. Oh, totally. Uh, and when we're talking about a divorce, uh, like, OK, so when you went through your breakup, you probably took some time on your own. You invested in some different relationships. You took stock of what's important to you. You modeled your new life around that. The problem with this is, is that the difference between having a breakup that does not involve the government and having a breakup that does involve the government is that the government really doesn't want you to break up. Oh, and it's very evident in every step of the way. You have to go to like family court and you've got to like say, do you, do you have kids? And like all this stuff. And, and it's so much paperwork. So 
It may very well be that part of the reason that he continues to go through this breakup is because the government's forcing him to. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a breakup can certainly feel like a divorce, but it does not involve as many steps, probably. I, exactly. Probably. And we definitely, we want to say, like, marriages are not more significant relationships than close romantic relationships that don't involve the government. That's not at all what we're saying. We are not saying his pain is greater than yours or his love was greater than yours. We're just saying that the, the difference of paperwork really does make a fucking difference. Yeah. How I mean, little do you want to do your fucking taxes? Dude? Oh, my God. It taxes on your relationship is yeah. basically what it is. And this is the beginning of the of the new year right now in 2020. They may still have to file taxes jointly. Like there is a lot of bullshit paperwork that they have to deal with that you don't that keeps dragging him back into this breakup. Yeah, I mean, just as this person deserves time to heal and work through their shit, you also deserve not to be harmed or hurt repeatedly. Yep. Like, you're, you're probably getting a lot of slights and jabs from this person. And they, if I had to guess, they have no idea that they're doing it. I imagine that they are so consumed with this divorce and broken relationship that they are unaware of the side comments they're making, of the things they're saying about your ex. Like, I would say his, like, soul and brain and heart are 90% consumed by the divorce still. Yes. Yeah, I had a friend who, uh, going through a serious breakup once, said that every other relationship felt like it was on the peripheral. Like it was just on the edge of what was essentially like chaos in the middle of their life. And, you know, something I've noticed in my life is when I'm in the thick of bad shit going down, I have a terrible short-term memory. Like, you know how sometimes you lay awake at night cringing about something you said? This is the opposite of that. This is when you say something shitty and you're so distracted by the chaos in your life that you don't even remember it or register it five seconds later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's scary when you look back and think like, oh, I was in a bad place. Oh, I don't think I was kind. Oh, I think that's where they are right now. I remember I feel like I've talked about this on the show before, so I'll make it quick. But quick anecdote about little Jen. When I was in college and was so so deeply depressed that it's like it's like being underwater like like I was I was like deep in the thick of it I remember one thing that made me like snap to and like wake up was I said something rude to a Starbucks barista and if there's one thing I know about myself and kind of like about myself it's that I am not rude to service workers I just I'm not I I over tip all the time I'm polite I get out of their way but in that moment I was like oh my god what if I right oh and I just like fled Starbucks and was like I just came like came to life in that moment and realized that I was rude, rude, like snapped at this barista, which is bizarre. And I was like, oh, no, who else have I been rude to in the past like six months? Like, and I'll never know. You know, it's like it's deep in the brain now. You can be so wounded that you forget even your most core values. Yeah. Like being like being polite and tipping. (laughs) So and here's the thing. This is not to say that you need to deal with this person at all. We think that your friend needs to go through like a caveman period or something. You know when like dudes break up and then they like don't shave or cut their hair for a few months and and they go into their pain cocoon and like they hang out there and like digest themselves and then they come out a horrible moth. <laughs> I forget. Yeah, you don't like moths. I always forget that. Sure does not like moths. But like I just uh, I feel like it, it is okay for a person to seclude themselves and it may be that this dude just needs to talk to and I'm so glad that you mentioned that he is in therapy. Yes, please continue to encourage him to continue to go to therapy. He needs all professional help. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're basically grieving and mourning and they're probably going through all the stages in one day. If we had uh, a just society, anybody hurting this much would just go into their bedroom with a walkie talkie 
Their therapist would have the other walkie-talkie, and they would just stay in there and get delivered meals until they felt better and could function in society. <laughs> yeah, because right, right now they can't uphold their end of the friendship here, which is being kind to you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why we're going to get to our, our recommendation here, which is you got to you got to put this friend on hold for a little bit. I think it's fine to ghost him. Yeah, we're not saying write them off forever or never forgive them or think they're a bad person. But we are saying, like, holding pattern. They need they need to, you know, we would say this even if the trauma you both had didn't overlap. But you both just, you're both going through or just went through a breakup. And that's, that's like, ooh, that's like touching the wound. I agree. And you're probably comparing your great progress to his poor progress. It may make you just not the right person for him to talk to in general. And so you mentioned that you're tight. You have a shared history. You're not best friends. We hope and assume that he has people closer to him that can help him through this. Yeah. Like, I would rather you not think of this as you abandoning a friend in a time of need. If he is in your, like, top five, then ignore this. <laughs> yeah. Then we might say, OK, it might be time for a more serious talk or you extending your patience level or something. Right. But it seems like this is something that you can't solve for him and he's getting worse. And it's not just you in your head comparing your great progress to his poor progress. Oh, my gosh, it's just hitting me now. I should have said this earlier. You said he could you could tell he was projecting his own feelings from his divorce. And this wasn't really personal. He must look at you and think he's hiding his pain. Oh, yeah. Or, there's, or something's there's some, weird that he's not as sad as I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he like attracts to like and he's desperate to find tr- trying to pair his pain with someone as all humans do. And I just don't think you're matching up. Jen, let's talk about it like this way. I would guess that this person, this asker, is fighting with himself as to whether or not he, can, he should let go of this. Because he says, beyond encouraging him to stick to therapy and take care of himself, is there anything I can do to move him forward from his breakup? And I think that the one thing that you can do is remove yourself because you are a reminder. Yeah. I mean, you wrote, I don't know if I had the spoons to hang around him until he feels better. I don't think you do. And you don't have to. And you don't have to. You don't have to be the person that is in their life right now. Right. And it could even be that he notices. I don't think he will because he's kind of overwhelmed with things. Um, And and we do think that you should gently ghost and gently just make excuses. Because what's the other option? You say to him, you're in too much emotional pain for me to hang out with. (laughs) You (laughs) You know, know? you're just too overwhelmed and I don't want to be around you. You're too overwhelming and I can't be around you. You have needs that I can't fill. Like, I don't know. But the, the better truth would be if he said something like, hey, I noticed I don't think he has the emotional capacity for this right now. But if he says something like, I can notice you pulling away. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Just say the truth, which is we both through went through really difficult breakups. And I think you need space around other people who have. Yeah. How else can we have this conversation, Jen, just in case this happens? Because, again, I don't think the conversation is going to happen, but I don't want to leave this asker in a lurch if it does occur. Yeah. I mean, you could white lie. <laughs> like I don't what? know. I don't know if many advice. Oh, I've just been really busy for yeah, the past six yeah. months. Yeah, I don't know if many advice podcasts tell you that lying is okay, but sometimes we do think it's okay if it saves everyone involved some pain. Yeah. Um. Hey, I've been. I've just been really busy. Had my head down. Um. I know. I'm sure you've been overwhelmed the last couple months too. Uh, how are you? How are you doing, Jen? That's it. That's yeah. the perfect thing because it's not. A, it's actually not a lie. It's not. They don't have the time. They don't have the spoons to deal with somebody who will make them feel crappy about the breakup that they already got over. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, it's okay to admit that you're the wrong person to help them through this. Mm-hmm. You you're the wrong person. There's definitely some things you're just not equipped to do. 
well, I would say that even about us, the two of us, you're Jen and Trin. Yeah. There I, are some things we can't do. Does this friend deserve a shoulder to cry on? Does this friend uh, deserve a tight-knit crew of people to be a support? Yes, but you are 100% the wrong person to do this. Yeah, it's, and there's, it's no fault of yours and it's no fault of theirs. It's just the truth. Yeah. Another way to put up distance or, or limits on this friendship is only group hangs. Yes. I think you're unlikely to be pulled into an emotional conversation about the breakup or um, at least there'll be a buffer around you if there are more people around. But I would say definitely a a long pause on -on one-on-one get coffee hangouts where emotions come out. Jen, 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 you just broke up in the dam in my mind. Oh, because like a beaver. I'm the opposite of a beaver because I took down the dam. You're like the fraggles when they eat the the dozers uh, structures, you know. Two Fraggle Rock references in a row. What was the other Fraggle Rock reference? Last episode. Oh. You mean you don't listen to our episodes on repeat between recordings? <laughs> our podcast is the only podcast I listen to. <laughs> um, so, uh, Fraggle Rock. Hangs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that, Jen, because here's, wow, he needs a distraction. And if you can provide the distraction of, I'm, you know, I was going to go to a movie with a few friends. Hey, can I invite my weird, sad friend? <laughs> you know, <laughs> totally. li- literally just like say, like, my friend has been going through a rough time. He's a little like low key. So if we're just going and watching a movie, that would be perfect. Or like, oh, hey, we're going, we're going to the museum. Like, if you want to extend yourself and still include him in your life, that's a very good way to do it because I genuinely think he needs distractions. And what's happening is he's, he's hanging out with somebody else who went through a breakup and it's bringing it back up into his mind. It feels extremely relevant all the time. It feels very uh, immediate. And urgent. Yes. Oh, and I know you just want to like grab this person by the shoulders and be like, get a hobby, take a Zumba class, do something. Right? <laughs> um, but you can't do that. And I don't think Zumba will solve this for them. But what you can do if you have the spoons for this, which you may not is to tell your other friends who are planning to go to the apple orchard. I don't know what season it is in this universe. It's fine. <laughs> the apple season. Yeah, it's apple season. Um, it's canon now. It's apple season. And you can say, hey, my friend went through a breakup and I feel like they could use a fun Saturday. I'm going to invite them along if that's okay with you. Yeah. It's the same way you would if you had a new friend who'd moved to the city. Um, you'd say, hey, I have a, you know, they just moved here and they could use, they would like to come out with us. Is that all right? Like, no. it's just that casual. And like, you know, I, you should talk behind this person's back and say to your friends, like, he's going through a rough time right now. Don't bring it up. But uh, I think that's I as either the person going through the rough time or the person in the friend group receiving that person. I would appreciate a heads up. Absolutely. Because what if you're like, hey, are you married? Are you dating? Are you? That'd be a weird question to ask anyway. Uh, But like, you don't want to you don't want to mess it up. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. What else? I guess what we're just advocating for is it's okay to take little breaks from your friends if it makes you, in the long run, a better friend. I really advocate for breaks and taking time off from your friends because here's the thing. It is unrealistic to expect every person in your life to never be so sad and so upset at some point that they hurt you, you know? And I think it's the responsible thing to be very active on who you are spending your time with when you are in this kind of pain. So really, this work should be his, you know, like, but he's not doing it. He can't do it. Like the other thing about divorce that I probably should have said earlier. I mean, he might be a child of divorce. This could be something that brings up childhood memories. Marriage is so deeply complicated because it can be a religious thing. 
it can make you feel like you failed. You know, it's not just a, a, when I say not just a breakup, once again, breakups are very significant, but there are different traditional and cultural intricacies that we place on marriage that we don't regular breakups. And it can make you feel like I failed at being an adult. Yeah. I mean, there's literally ancient history regarding divorce and banning it. Yeah. And that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. To feel like Jesus hates you because you got your wife left you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a bummer. Wow. Adam, thanks a lot, JC. Yeah. Thought, we thought we were cool. Right. You're, you're socialist. You're a pretty nice guy. I loved when you kicked the shit out of like that tax lender and the... So cool. It was great. You walked on water. You made wine well, at a wedding. I mean, you you brought wine to the we, party. We that's were, awesome. We and were then tight. all I do is get left by my wife because she emailed someone else. She kept emailing <laughs> I, they said, and you're mad too? The email said, hello, don't read. Well, how did they go? <laughs> um, how did it go? I'm Right now I'm picturing the, the garage door that says, stop emailing my wife. <laughs> but I'm, that's always the image in my mind. You know, as sad as divorces are, stop emailing my wife. You have to stop emailing my wife. It's really funny. It's so funny. Oh, man, just the concept of wife guys in general, which the Internet, it's like this weird phenomenon that just guys that are like way too like, don't tweet at my wife. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Wait, what's that one? Have you ever seen that that, that image? And I, I think it's fake, but I don't want it to be. That's like we may be friends on social media. You can talk to me if you want. You can like some of my posts, but if I like some of yours, just know that I have a wife. Wow. I am married. I am happily married, and I am not flirting with you. That is so intense, Jen. It's so funny. And it just goes to show you how uh, poorly the human race has dealt with the intricacies of social <laughs> Still, media. S- divorce and social media are two things we have not figured out as, not as, at a, all. as humanity. We are so... We are so bad at uh, deciding how important, like, little electronic communication is. Oh, man. Is that like marriage and divorce, like, the two most stressful things in a person's life, along with, like, losing your job? It's like, uh, I think it's like death and then divorce. Yeah, it's like death, one, two, someone emailing your wife, (laughs) three. (laughs) (sighs) Jen, we're going to call this episode Email My Wife. Email her. At wife at gmail.com. Wife at friendshipping.com. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to talk about? Let me think. Um, We're hmm. just like loopy because of the... Oh, can I tell them about my pink pants? Yeah, you got some great pants I on. I got some pink pants. So the other day I decided... I, th- I think I mentioned this on the show before that I've decided to dress as bisexually as I feel, which has made huge oh, yeah. differences yeah, in my yeah. wardrobe, let me tell you. <laughs> Right now, I'm wearing the trans flag, essentially. Yeah, that's a great color combo. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I bought pink pants on the internet. And usually, you know what? I don't recommend buying pants on the internet. The the difficulties and intricacies of my ass. In the inseam? Not your inseam. Everyone's inseam. My inseam in particular, though, Jen. uh, The good news is that although every pant has always been too short on me, now that's the style. And I just look like a cool kid. Oh, yeah. Who knows how to pants. Yeah, yeah. So they are pink. It's called crystal amethyst is what the color is called. That is so delightful. Can you hear me rubbing them? It's like ASMR. Put the mic closer. That's Trin rubbing her pants. I'm rubbing my pants. 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 I uh I bought like a pea coat type thing the other day. Um, I guess it's a pea coat. It's cropped a little bit differently. 
I ordered it in a, a smaller size that I thought, like, I want it to be a little tailored and fit on me because it's like a dress coat. And it's still too, like, big in the shoulders. It's, like, a little bit long on me because I'm, I'm short. And this is literally what I, how I, as I was trying it on, I, I go, eh, I'll grow into it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, what are you talking about? You're definitely done growing. Wow. What? Like, you know how I, I talk on the show, like, I never remember how old I am? Genuinely in that moment, it's like, I can grow into it. What? I love you. What? Oh, you're my not, God. You're not a baby. The very last time that I ever shopped with my mother... <laughs> I was like 19 or something. Were you at Kohl's? I I was at JCPenney. Yep. It's either Kohl's or Penny's in the Midwest. Of course you were. Yeah. Right? So I went to JCPenney with my mom. I was looking for a dress for my goddaughter's uh, baptism that I was very nervous about because I was just like, do they know I don't believe in God? Yeah. Am <laughs> I, are they sure I'm invited to this party? Oh, uh, God. Uh, so I try on this dress and I was like, uh, you know, it fits well, but I'm going to get it in a bigger size just in case I gain weight. And my mom goes, are you planning on gaining weight? And I look at my mom and I'm like, I'm a per- I'm alive. Yeah. Like we change shape. I'm like I'm a, not I'm a living person, so Right. Like I'm not gonna buy a dress that just barely fits me. Oh that my sounds God. like the worst idea that's I've ever torture. heard. Right? When I have to stay that exact weight no matter what. And that's definitely a way to guarantee you won't wear the thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I looked amazing. <laughs> I look great. I did. Oh. There's a picture of me. I'm like on a car. I look like a Bond girl. What oh I didn't yeah. <laughs> At a church event? Yeah. That's incredible. So here's the thing, Jen. Like, okay, can, can we talk some gay shit real quick? Of course. Ever since, like, like exploring being non-binary, sometimes I'll look at pictures of myself in the past now and be like, who's that hot girl? That's amazing. Because, like, I, I can't even, I can't even grok being inside of that body anymore. So, like, I'll see 19-year-old me, like, in a dress and being like, girl! Yeah, yeah, you know, like, but oh, what a cutie pie! But I'll never, I will, I would never think to myself like, you know what, I should bust that dress out again, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like no, I'm not gonna do that. Just acknowledging your past hot self. Yeah, your current hot self. Acknowledging your past hot self. My current hot self is just a very different shape and form than my past hot self. And appreciating my past hot self has been a lot of fun. You know how we often we drop Tumblr posts into our show we're like yeah. we saw this on tumblr we saw this on tumblr it's the only safe place on the yeah internet, i mean there are a lot of crappy areas of tumblr yeah, yeah it's not even that safe there's a lot of <laughs> terrible parts of tumblr but trin and i have curated our feeds so well over the years yeah that it's all like it's for trin it's rocks i have rocks gen round animals gay stuff round animals the yes. occasional funny uh anti-corporation meme yeah. yeah um and i saw this one thing on tumblr that was like it was a beautiful drawing of like one person, like a scribble, and then another drawing of the person's scribble with like flowers all over them. It was, it was really pretty and simple. And like they wrote, you've changed. And then someone said, I would hope so. Aww. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Yeah. I would hope you, you've changed and grown and like yourself more than yeah. you did when you were 19. It is so unbelievably difficult and takes so much work to have realistic expectations. Like we are taught by everyone like even when in talking about terms of like breakups and divorce and things like that, like the guy who was going through the divorce has been programmed, if not by like his immediate family members, then by television about like how bad uh, it is when that happens and how like everybody needs to stay together, family number one or whatever. You know, like it's so wild how so much of at least my personal happiness has happened because I've taken a really good look at how society has made me feel less than and been like, actually, no, thank you. Yeah. I mean, you would afford that to anyone else in your life, Trin. That's true. Yeah. Like you would extend that to to me and all your friends. So I'm glad that you're doing it to yourself. 
um, especially the thing about divorce and marriage and family, like you don't, your family doesn't have to be the default that you start with. It's kind of yes. like in The Sims, um, when you when your Sims like live like when they uh, start. Li- I've been playing The Sims lately. I don't know if you can tell. When four they- or three? Sims four. Oh, how is it? It's wonderful. Great. I'm having a good time. Ridiculous. Addicting. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty much all I do. I've stopped reading books. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you're you you got your default settings on your Sim, but you don't have to stay. No. You don't have to stay that way. Your family can be whoever you want. Oh my God, Jen. I think I think we have to stop I talking. I think so, too. This has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can at DoFriendship, at JenDangerous with two N's, or at Trinitonic, all on Twitter. Thank you to... Wait. No, not yet. Send us your questions. Send them over. Friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We have a lack of questions that we can answer right now. We have several we can't answer because we don't know how. Yeah, we kind of had to reset for the new year. So if you sent a question and we haven't answered it, you can send it again. But understand we, for many reasons, we may never get to it or we might not be qualified. Right, right, right. Like sometimes there's a million reasons why a, a question might not get answered. And it's almost definitely has nothing to do with you yep. or anything. It also might be territory we feel we've covered before. Send over your simple questions and messy drama to friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Monica Verma for agenting. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our theme song. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for doing our design work. Thank you to Alex Cox, our podfather and audio daddy, for making the studio work. And thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. Your friendship at the problem. Hold on, I forgot the ad. Hold on. Oh, oh my God, no. Jen. I closed it. I closed it. I closed it. It's coming in one second. <laughs>